Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to try this again. <laughs> We're going to call Dr. Jack Caravelli here in just a few moments. Let me pull his phone number up here in my my uh, my book. My book. Remember, don't lose the list, as they say. There, I think, is going to be Hello? Dr. Jack Caravelli. Hello, sir. I'm calling you on Skype hey. audio. How are you? Hey, James. Uh, good evening, my friend. Uh, now, uh, we're going to pull in here Don Mazella and Dan Perkins uh, to join our, our festive little conversation here. And uh, the one thing, uh, Doctor, that, that is, that is uh, going on is that it, it never seems... Uh, Hello there. And I believe there's Dan Perkins. <laughs> I believe that's also true. Uh, Mr. Mazzella was on with me, so you can get him, too. Okay, well, I'm in the process oh, of calling. There he is. He's coming in. Okay, well. Okay. There it is. I think I've got Dan, Don, and our good friend, Dr. Jack Carabelli. And, uh, Doctor, I was just getting ready to uh, go to you to ask you about this health care situation that happened today with uh, th- th- this yeah. bill, this, this quote-unquote Trump care coming through. Give us your thoughts and your takes on this, and then we'll let Dan and Don jump in, and uh, we'll chat about this here for a little bit. Great, James. You got the you got the A team. It's great to be with those guys. <laughs> yes, wait, yeah. I, I I I try. <laughs> I try. Oh, I think you succeeded. It's great to talk to them. Yes, uh, and your audience, of course. Uh, healthcare. Well, I, I claim no particular expertise, uh, but but I would add, I've you know great great interest and in, in concern about it as American as millions of Americans do, of course. Uh, you know the the House did by a very narrow margin. Uh, pass uh, what I'll call a version uh, of the bill. Yes. Um, <clears throat> what it looks like now, in fact, I was just reading on the Internet, it looks like, sounds like, the Republicans in the Senate, led by Lamar Alexander, Senator from Tennessee who chairs uh, the Health Committee on the Senate side, uh, you know, they may want to write their own bill, which they are certainly entitled to do. Uh, it obviously would would slow the process, <clears throat> Uh, it may take on some of the issues that they think are flawed in the House version, but you know, here's the here's the codicil. If you know, and, and the other guys know this as well. You know, let, let's assume the Senate rewrites it. Let's assume the Senate passes their version. Then what has to happen, James, is it will go back to the House for you know what is called reconciliation. Now. You know, with such a thin margin of votes in the House side, again, on the first go-round here, um, you know, it's, again, the devil is in the details, but it's far from guaranteed that, you know, a a bill will emerge uh, quickly uh, through that process. And they may lose some House Republicans if they don't like what the Senate does. So this is... 
So there's a version that's in play, but it, it's probably not going to be the final answer. And, you know, we're running toward uh, summer break and things like that. So, I'm, you know, I am not at all sure that we're going to have a health care bill in front of Trump anytime soon. Well, why does it have to be soon? And what, what, uh, whatever happened to that old-fashioned idea of you, you, you work legislation and you eventually come up with a compromise bill? What I'm getting sick and tired of hearing is it's got to be one way or the other. This nation is uh, founded on compromises. The Constitution's a compromise. Um, what was flawed about the uh, Obama care was it was not a compromise. If he had been smart enough to have compromised with the with the Republicans, he might have gotten some Republican votes. But instead, he said, "I uh, uh, I got elected, and I'm going to do it my way." And he, uh, and you know. Uh, but the point, the the point is, you, you had twenty Republicans go over to the Democratic side in this vote. In this vote, you had a um, two Democrats come over to this side, and you you yeah maybe you will get a different bill in the Senate in the Senate, and then you sit down and have a reconciliation, and maybe the reconciliation will actually come out to be a better bill, because it'll be a compromise bill. That's my, that's my feeling on it. I'm just uh, I, I, I'm reading all the comments from the left and the right that are coming across my desk with their prepared statements. And when you look at the bill itself, it's not a bad bill. And so what? We'll have a, um, this Senate come along and change some things, and then they'll go reconciliation and come up with something that might actually be passed. By, by some combination of Republicans and Democrats. Now, well, well, look, the idea uh, of yes. compromise is, is, is of great importance to me. I would like to think uh, that we could get a better bill through that process. Uh, I certainly agree that there is no uh, non-political compelling reason to try to rush it through. It's better to be a little slower and better for the American public. Um, yes. So I, I agree. I My guess would be the White House is probably pushing the Republicans on this uh, in Congress, but we'll, you know, we'll see. But I would, I'd rather do it well for the American public and slower than give either side just a reason to claim a quick political victory. You know, um, I, I read, uh, I quickly read uh, uh, a Wall Street Journal story about how terrible the bill was and the fact that it uh, pulled out, um, it uh, eliminated the mandates. And then you read through the story at the bottom of the story, and you you you, you saw, well, maybe it didn't uh, uh, eliminate the mandates, and if they did this, this, and this, it may, it may come to a compromise. We're still, you know, a, a bad piece of legislation was passed hastily, and maybe a repeal should be passed slowly when we get the p pieces right. I'm with you, <laughs> Dan. Your 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 thoughts on that? Oh, you're, you're the only one. Dan's quiet. <laughs> I'm just waiting for my turn. I'm just waiting for my turn. I'm being oh, polite today. <laughs> Well, we've heard from the well, doctor. Well, I jumped in this time. Uh, we've heard from the doctor. We've heard from Don. Now let's hear from you, Dan. 
Well, first of all, let's be careful of our words. We don't want to throw words around if we're not using them in the proper context. The word reconciliation is not appropriate. It's not appropriate because reconciliation is a process in the Senate for specific legislation. The Senate can pass their own version of the bill, and then it goes to conference, which is the right word. See, if Mr. McConnell were to use the word reconciliation, reconciliation is how Obamacare was passed because reconciliation only required a simple majority of one. If you do anything else beyond that under the current rules of the Senate, the Senate must have 60 votes in order to pass legislation in the Senate. So reconciliation is a process that requires one vote more than the majority. However, it is full of incredible danger. When you say reconciliation in the Senate, then there are no, the operative word here, Jim, no limits to the amendments that can be proposed. So McConnell has to decide which way he's going to proceed in the Senate? Is he going to pass their version and go to compromise? Or is he going to take reconciliation in order to try and get something passed on a simple majority? Or, third possibility, is he going to suspend the rules of the Senate and make it a simple majority vote? Now, the Democrats would be really bad out of shape, but too bad. Now, let's go on with... A, a thought that I raised earlier in the week with Mr. Mozilla. Okay. And and uh, we were not with you on Tuesday, or I would have brought it to you then. But I'll, I'll bring it today, at, yes, you know, yes. a, a little late. We were both amazed how quiet Mr. Trump was, literally how quiet he was, when the funding bill went through continuing resolution where he didn't they continued to fund Obamacare they continued to fund Planned Parenthood no money for the wall yada 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 he wasn't saying he said very little about it he didn't go on a tirade and he didn't go on a rant and I said when he came out when the Republicans and the Democrats in the Congress said that they had a compromise he came out in a tweet and said, what this country needs is a good shutdown in September. I think there's a strategy wow. at play here. I think there is a strategy here at play. Uh, what he basically did is the Democrats were gloating Pelosi and, um, the, uh, and Chucky Upshuck Schumer were gloating and, uh, about how well they had snookered Mr. Trump, and how his legislative process would dead for the next three years. Nothing was going to get passed. And Mr. Trump comes out and says, well, we're going to sh we could shut down the government in September when it's our budget. And I said to Don at the time, as I just said, there's a strategy here. And the strategy is he's now 
created a problem for the Democrats because now they've got five months for the next budget bill. And Trump has already said he thinks the one way to drain the swamp is to shut down the government. What are they going to do? All right. And he's put them on notice, and now they're thinking about it. Then look what happened. When, the, when Donald Trump called Paul Ryan and said, pull the bill, don't vote on it, what did the mainstream media do? Health care reform is dead. Trump is not an effective leader. Ryan needs to go, yada, yada, yada. And in what, four weeks? They passed a piece of legislation that eliminates Obamacare. Now, I know that the Democrats were saying today, you know, you're going to poison our children, you're going you're to kill the old people, all the stuff that they do. But what happened in a matter of a very short period of time, Mr. Trump turned the tide. And I think it was part of a strategy. I think he's, he's smarter than the Democrats are willing to admit and now they have to worry over the next five months, because next next up on the bill, while the Senate is considering health care, the Ways and Means Committee in the House, which initiates tax reform and appropriations, is going to start working with the administration on tax reform. And so we could come out of the summer going into the budget cycle in September with Obamacare gone and a major tax bill, and we could start building the wall. I have said from the very beginning, this man has incredible staying power. Don't count him out. And the Democrats, I think, have made a tactical error. Agreed. Uh, I I agree with you um, that, that uh, he's uh, smarter than the Democrats have uh, uh, let him be, and uh, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you say, uh, Dan. Well, we haven't heard from the good doctor. What does he think? Yes, do, do, Dr. Jack. J jump in there, my friend. Sure. Uh well, I, I would like to think that Dan is right. I'm not convinced he is. Uh, it, it's still, at least to me, unclear that, that, that Trump is, uh, first of all, I think he is more clever and wily than many give him credit for, but I'm still not convinced that, you know, in, in his mind, he understands the, you know, the really complex and then longer-term legislative process that, you know, that, uh, you know, the guys have walked us through. Um I mean, you know, we, we, we will see. I mean, that's a, I would add, it's, it's a plausible scenario. Uh, and, I, I look, I'd be delighted if, you know, by the fall we had, I mean, real health care legislation, real tax reform, and that would obviously be, to, to, to Trump's great credit, do I think he's got the legislative chops right now to thoughtfully pull it off? I'm not convinced. Uh, but, look, if, if he does, number one, he gets credit, and number two, in my mind, number two, you know, if, if he is able to, uh, you know, put a legislative stick or two into the eyes of Schumer and Pelosi, I mean, I'll, I, I, I'll get out my records and start to dance. 
Well, you know, the other thing is interesting is that that um, um, one person who's been in, very quiet is is uh, Maxine Waters. I yep. did a piece a piece this week on uh, uh, did 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 this did this tactic of the continuing resolution um, and did the, did the did the Democrats turn over the the impeachment of Donald Trump to the Republicans by taking away his entire agenda and uh, and I s started with that premise and then began to talk about the other thing that I mentioned is maybe maybe he's smarter than you think I, I have to tell you though doctor and Don let me let me tell you as best I can what I heard today on rush surprised me it really surprised me he raised the question Russ raised the question with all the celebration that's going on at the White House and the buses to bring the the congressman up to celebrate in the Rose Garden he said Rush said do you I wonder if Mr. Trump realizes that because it passes the house it's not law <laughs> now I thought that was a very unusual statement by Rush because it it is in a sense an insult to Mr. Trump's knowledge and um I I was surprised that he raised the question. I think that what happened today they got 217 votes, one more than they needed. And they got, as you said earlier, they lost some. They lost some Republicans, and they gained a couple of Democrats. What happened today was a down payment, a serious down payment, on one of his major campaign promises, and that is elimination, repeal, and replace Obamacare. He can now say to the public, "We have started the process." to dismantle this abomination called Obamacare because the House of Representatives has passed legislation to eliminate it. He couldn't say that before. Now he can. And what's important is that the majority of the Republicans necessary to pass this legislation came to his side. I think that's also extremely important. I, I certainly agree with that. The, the symbolism, I mean, as you're well aware, the symbolism of, of a victory, even if it's, a, as we know, a partial victory, uh, you know, is not inconsequential for the Republicans, particularly after the way they absolutely bungled, you know, the first go-round on health care. So, I mean, if he's, I hope Rush is wrong, uh, but I, you know, I can understand, you know, why a, a White House that is obviously the center of our political universe would want to, uh, sorry for the pun here, trump the, uh, trump the victory. Um, you know, I, you know I, I get it, but, you know, again, I think we all know that, you know, there's, there's much more to come, and, um, you know, we may not have the answers as, you know, as, uh, as Dan lays out and Don have laid out, you know, until the fall on all this. And I, I agree with Don. It, I, I don't. I am not, Doctor. I'm not being flip with you. I agree with yeah. Don. So what if it takes to the fall? I know that there is a number of your supporters who wanted it done the day one, 
And and I'm sure Mr. Trump would like to have had it done day one, but they couldn't get their act together. They seem to be getting their act together. The next will we see how much influence. I mean, I don't know whether you heard, Doctor. I heard Paul Ryan's speech before the vote as Speaker of the House. And this was a barn burner of a speech in where he was literally saying to the members in the House, are you with me? Are you with me? And you could hear the 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 yes, the, the, the crescendo of yes. This was a motivational speech by the by the Speaker of the House bringing together his base and say, we can do this. We can get the ball over the line. We can win. And they did. Yep. Uh, I, I would like to think, Don, and I know you would as well, that we, you know, that, you know, the, in an ideal world, both parties would get the idea that they were sent to Washington to actually do the people's business. And if the Republicans can, you know, as we were talking earlier, find a path forward that, again, reflects Dan's view of the importance of compromise, well, you know, maybe we'll, yep. we'll be better off than we've been the past eight years. Uh, Jim? Yes. I want to, I, I would like to, ex as the Congress going on here, is that we're about, we're seeing, we may virtually be seeing the end of OPEC as a cartel because as the oil prices decline again, and I'm not saying they're going to go back and test the previous lows, but at these levels, the economies of all the major OPEC nations, including Saudi Arabia, are not sustainable in what they're providing for their citizens at these levels at $45 a barrel. And so what I said was going to happen, and I believe it will happen because OPEC is meeting this month in Vienna, I think that OPEC is going to be forced to try and cut production to see if they can get the price to rise. And as they cut production, their revenue goes down, even if the price goes up. And if the American frackers uh, take over, the world, which they're about to do, uh, they could literally destroy OPEC. Now, most people are not aware of the deal that the president cut with China when he was at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, most people do not understand that OPEC or that uh, China is a mirror of the United States under Jimmy Carter, in that they they import between sixty and sixty-five percent of their petroleum and forty percent of their coal. So when Mr. Trump met with them and they stopped, they had stopped taking their coal from Korea, North Korea, and cut the the exports of Korea. They were looking for coal. So we we never exported any coal or any crude oil or finished product to China. We are now. Yep. Now these these are all. I, I think you really hit the nail on the head. These are critically important economic issues. They, they certainly can help, among many other things, as you guys know, uh, you know, re restore us to really, a, a, you know, a, a, a globally dominant economic posture, you know, that we, we've certainly, uh, you know, slid back on in, in recent years. Uh, I think the Chinese economy does have the, the vulnerabilities you mentioned. The Russian economy really does. Uh, so... You know, it's going to be really interesting 
I'm glad you're following it, Dan. The, um, it'd be interesting to see how, you know, Trump and his team, you know, play this one out because they, I think you're exactly right, they've got some real cards to play through fracking and uh, hopefully somebody's thinking through the long-term implications of this, not, not only economically, but, you know, but politically. Sure, sure. You know, you, we were talking earlier in the week, Don and I were on our, on our other show, and we were talking about what, what's going on, and we had a, a demographer on, which I, we've recommended him to come on to Jim's show. And um, he says that manufacturing is going to come back from China to the United States, that it's going to be cheaper for the Chinese people, to Chinese companies, to come to the United States and manufacture than to try and continue to outsource by going to Indonesia and going to Vietnam and other places. They're going to start bringing that manufacturing back here. He thinks there's a manufacturing renaissance coming. I, I, I think the other thing that happened that, that, again, didn't get a lot of play in the last week or so that fits into this whole Trump narrative, uh, did either of you find it interesting that Canada and Mexico have said, we'd like to renegotiate NAFTA too? And all the criticism that Mr. Trump took for wanting to renegotiate NAFTA, how a bad idea it was, and it wasn't good for America, and yada, yada, yada. And the two leaders of the two countries says, uh, in essence, are saying, yeah, we got the better of the deal. You guys got the shaft. We're willing to renegotiate. And, and China is willing to renegotiate the idea that they charge tariffs on all our stuff and we get to bring, they get to bring all our stuff, their stuff into our country with no tariffs. So I, I think that, that this whole issue of trade, fair trade and honest trade, regardless of what it is, is going to be a very big issue and a, a very big embarrassment to the Democrats when he goes through and renegotiates NAFTA and things happen and he maybe starts getting the money to build the wall and other things. So, um, again, I've said to you, as I said to Don, he's smarter than most people are willing to give credit to, and it's beginning to show itself. We've got uh, Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella, and Dr. Jack Caravelli. Don, you, you have anything to uh, to add to to Dan's chat? There? Well, you know, you know, listening to uh, to, to Dan, Dan and the good doctor, uh, I just come to the conclusion that um, uh, our media has consistently underrated um, uh, President Trump, and they're still doing it today. I mean, we had uh, Colbert uh, on Tuesday night with this rant of his, <clears throat> which uh, I, I don't know if any of you saw it. I didn't see it, but I, I heard it was in really bad taste. Yes. Um, but... Uh, uh, what what I really found uh, interesting about all this is how the level of civility uh, towards the president and towards all of our institutions uh, are really being attacked by the by the the left uh, uh, rather than the right. You know, the, for a long time uh, the left kept uh, talking about uh, how uh, crude the conservatives was were, etc. But if if you I don't know if you uh, looked into that uh, 
uh, women's uh, event where Hillary Clinton sat at the stage. If you wanted to see um, incivility, you uh, was was watching the cutaways to the, var- the various audience, etc. Uh, I'm uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a little uh, the word I want to use to discuss it with the way we're no longer having good manners. And uh, it's a sad thing, and I, I don't I don't know if there's a, a solution to it, but uh, forgetting all the stuff and all, even the talking heads. I, I was in my uh, doctor's office today, and I, I watched CNN where where they had talking heads talking about the fact that the Justice Department finally decided they would not um, prosecute uh, this white policeman for killing a black teenager and uh, uh, the, the hostility in the uh, between the two people uh, on television uh, there's no sound but if you saw the faces you knew that what was going on uh, I, I know this is not a, a subject but I'm curious how uh, the doctor feels and Dan feels about this I, I really take the point and it's an awfully important one that we have become in many ways an uncivil society uh, there is little evidence of people trying to reach across the aisle and, and listen to the other whether it's here in Washington or around the country you see this playing out on college campuses the, the lack of tolerance and respect for the other perspective whether one buys it or not is, is shockingly low I, I Yep. And, you know, there's probably a lot of explanations for this. I think one is that you, you do not find either in the media an institution or uh, a lot of universities, institutions, uh, that, that really, you know, try to inculcate the, the notion that, you know, the, our, our motto as a nation that, you know, from many, one, you know, we have fractured in so many ways, I was reading the other day that you know the you know I, I don't know how old you guys are. I turned sixty, but the, the world. You're young, but older than that. Youngster. Get <laughs> a real job. I'm, I'm reassured by the basement. The the, the, um, the the idea that you know the world that certainly I grew up in in America of you know, majority white, mostly Christian, is the world that, if it hasn't already gone away, it is going away. And, you know, as a nation and society, you know, it would be nice to find leaderships, whether in politics, churches, uh, universities, that, you know, that have a national dialogue that says, all right, here's where we've been, here's where we're going, and the demographics are not going to change, you know, how do we see ourselves, you know, in the years to come and the generations coming up behind us? And I, you know, and I would lay the blame, at least in part, as, as Don was saying, uh, on the media. I think the media has totally whipped out in its real obligations, uh, among others, to try to just get at the facts of whatever events they're describing rather than slanting them as they do every day repeatedly in the New York Times or Washington Post. Um, 
you know, that does not help the nation move forward. So I, all I can say is I, I share these concerns uh, immensely. I, I believe uh, in my heart of hearts that everything that, that as Barack Obama's minister, Reverend Wright, said one time, the chickens have come home to roost. The chickens that are coming home to roost are the fruits of political correctness in our world. Yes. In Europe and in the United States. We, we no longer have the ability to have a dialogue based on disagreements. Either you believe and subscribe to what I say or you are a racist, or you are a homophobe, or a xenophobe. I mean, Hillary was saying that that one of the reasons she lost was because xenophobia, people wouldn't vote for women. And I did an interview this week, and, and we were talking about that. I said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hillary Clinton is not the first person, female, to be ahead of a country. We got Maggie Thatcher, we had Indira Gandhi, we had um, Golda Meir. Uh, we've had other examples of other nations around the world that have le elected female leaders. So she wasn't breaking through the glass ceiling because she, to break through the glass ceiling, you have to be the first. She wasn't the first. No. So, but I think that I've seen so many examples. Um, of how political correctness has destroyed, has destroyed that what made us, what made us the melting pot is that we could come from different parts of the world and we could come in here in this country and grow together and meld and become part of that great American melting pot. But there is no melting pot anymore. We have, we have run, we have put stakes in the ground to separate the people. The, the Democrats talk about we're a divided nation. Yeah, the reason we're divided is because the Democrats divided the nation. They decided to build a party based on special interests. Blacks, Hispanics, gays, lesbians, transsexuals. All these were people as what as some people have called a victim society. Well, you know, I think until we understand that America was a place where we could have a free and open, open exchange of disagreements without being attacked either physically or verbally, uh, we have lost a very important part of what made America, America. Uh, speaking of Hillary, did you did you happen to see her mea culpa um, bef uh, before an audience of women? You mean it uh, went, went, go ahead, go ahead. No, she. Um, I, I happened to see a feed of her uh, talk with uh, Anapora and. Uh, if if ever if ever I saw someone who was in denial, it was her. Um, and it's interesting. Even to this day, 
she does not understand why she lost. And Which, I, um, go ahead, because I'm going to I'm going to talk about your favorite paper. But go ahead. <laughs> I have to read it because I'm a ju journalist. Okay. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because it still sets the tone. Yeah. If you uh, if you we're, we're talking about the New York Times for those who are not initiated, and right. the fact uh, that since September 1962, I have read the New York Times every day since the, it's been within reach. Yeah. Um, You're building and, up and points in heaven with that one. Well. Maybe I hope so. God knows I need something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick point. The New I I heard this on the radio today. The New York Times has an article today by one of its reporters who decided that enough is enough. It wasn't the Russians that lost the election for Hillary. And surprisingly, it wasn't Hillary who lost the election for Hillary. What the article says is that Bill Clinton, when he got on the plane with Loretta Lynch, forced Comey's hand. So the article blames not Hillary for the loss. The article blames Bill Clinton for Hillary's loss. What is it? You know, why don't we start saying what it really was, a Trump victory? <laughs> Donald Trump, you, you, you know, you, it's really interesting because if you sit, sit down and look at it, everybody t told Donald Trump he was running the wrong campaign on the wrong, wrong time in the wrong states. And uh, lo and behold, at 9 o'clock on election night, he was uh, the the victor. He won it because he saw what the American people uh, really desired and gave it to him. Right. The fact that the elites did not like what he was saying is irrelevant. The American people said to him, uh, we like what you said. And if you eliminate New York and California from the vote totals, it's an overwhelming favorite. What did you say, Dan? 83% of the counties in America voted for Donald, Donald Trump? Trump? Yes, 83%. What's and interesting is, that, again, on our show earlier this week, Jim, our, our demographicer, I asked him the question. You know, we had, we had a surprise vote in, in England, a surprise vote in the United States, surprising vote in the, the Netherlands countries. We've got an election this weekend. And uh, the French have the choose between Le Pen and the other gentleman who I call Macaroon, who's got the 64-year-old wife. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? And he said, I think Le Pen's going to win. Wow. Oh, uh, he was a, like I say, I sent an email to you, Jiggy, because oh, yeah, I think one, gonna... once you get him on the on the program, you're going to want him as a regular. <laughs> he, well, he, uh, he certainly got Dan standing up well, in, in a good way. Well, Doctor. So, so the point is that is as just following yes. what Don was saying, yes. the elite situation uh, is. And I and even they're talking now about Merkel being uh, in jeopardy. Um, finally, the people of the world, the common man, the the, the non elites, are standing up 
And uh, we, uh, when Ronald Reagan was president, we called them the silent majority. And uh, and we have those people coming back and saying, you know, this is not this is not my country. These things I don't agree with. And um, and they have gone to extremes, and they've taken away our rights to disagree, and they've taken away our traditions and our beliefs, and they're, they've they've may have destroyed the country that it may never be able to be brought back. I don't know. Well, Dr. Jack, you 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 travel all over the world. What 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 are people saying about uh, that? Some some of these issues that Dan and Don raised. Well, the, the the trends are exactly as described. They're they are pretty interesting, and I think they do reflect, as the guys were saying, some so, some real uh, I'll just call it blowback from you know from the from citizens in in the UK. Um, uh, you know, maybe France will we'll see. I think it'll be a tight election. Macron um, is, is not by any means assured to win. Le Pen has. Uh, certainly has some strong backing. I think some of that will depend on the turnout. Uh, in Germany, Merkel, uh, I, I would be delighted to see her defeated this year. I, I don't think she's better than the, you know, the, the, the proverbial man and woman on the street, and now it's, it's coming back to bite them. And look, the Brits, the Brits are going to be gone. This is going to be, uh, James, we should, uh, again, we're going to have a, you know, the, the, in early June, the British election, uh, Theresa May, another woman, you know, came to office, uh, may, um, uh, may score a big victory. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be ugly when the, when the Brits sit down with the Europeans and say, hey, we're out of here. Uh, let, let's figure out how to do it with, you know, some uh, degree of civility, but, my guess is the Europeans are two things. They're so pissed at the Brits and afraid, as the guys are saying, that it will lead to a further breakup, that this is really going to be interesting to watch. It will be the stuff of books. Uh, and, you know, it, we have not seen the end of this yet, probably in our country as well. Right. Now, I agree. As, as, as we wrap up here, I want to throw out one final topic for everybody. Um, uh, doctor, I know that you've been, you've been speaking all over the globe, it seems. Uh, what, what, what are some of the concerns that folks have been talking to you about? And, and, uh, and kind of share those with, uh, with Dan and Don, and, and, and I want to get everybody's comments on this. Well, real quickly, uh, thanks. Uh, in, in Rome, and then... Um, in about a week, James, I'll be in Geneva uh, also speaking. I mean, my sort of the, the, the sense, again, from two data points for, again, what they're worth, uh, is simply uh, not only confusion about Donald Trump and where is America going, particularly as it sort of bounces against the world of Barack Obama, um, but, but a, a lack of, and I'm going to try to convey some of this, you know, there lack of understanding of what the guys have discussed, that Trump may be much more subtle and sophisticated, in the long term at least, that, than they think. I mean, there is this perception that, that he's little more than a, a novice bumbler, uh, but he may well bumble 
towards domestic and foreign policy successes that no one would anticipate. Uh, so, I, you know, I, my message last week and then next week is going to be don't underestimate this guy. You know, everybody goes through a huge learning curve in the White House. He's obviously more of a novice than many others, but there is a, a cleverness in him that if he finds his bearings, uh, you know, as Dan and Don were saying, he's going to give the Democrats a real, real problems, and, you know, he may be bringing about change in some nasty parts of the world, you know, China, Russia, the Korea problem, uh, than anyone thinks he's capable of. So I'm, I am cautiously optimistic, and I'll, I'll probably be booed for that in Geneva particularly, but hell, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll eat some good chocolate and get out of town. <laughs> um, can I jump in here? You're absolutely right. Um, I had the uh, opportunity last night to uh, view some tapes uh, I had of uh, the first um, uh, few months of Ronald Reagan. And, you know, uh, the Democrats, uh, particularly um, uh, some, some of the left Democrats, totally underestimated him. And the, the, what really put them on their toes was the fact that what he did with the air traffic controllers. If you recall, they went on strike thinking they had a weak president. So what did he do? He had um, he had a complete plan ready, and they uh, they destroyed the air traffic controllers union. Um, um, but the the point was that people did not understand the, who the man Ronald Reagan was. And I think, uh, Dr. Jack, I think you're absolutely right. I don't believe uh, Euro Europeans, especially, do not understand. Um, Donald Trump, because they see him through the prism of the American media rather than what he is. And, and uh, part of the problem is, unlike any other president except uh, President Obama, he never went overseas and did some of the things that are necessary um, before the election. If, if you think about it, um, uh, as someone said, his only tri trip was to Antigua uh, to see his wife in a bikini. But um, uh, the, the point is they don't know him, and, uh, which is both dangerous and good. Uh, dangerous because they may test them, and I think they will, um, and uh, good because it gives him a chance to show them what he's made of. Great. Well, I would say that uh, I pretty much agree. I, I think that that the the Democrats, uh, their narrative from the from from the first day of inauguration, is that he's not stable enough to be president. He doesn't under he's not a politician. He doesn't understand the political process, and. That may be part of that might be true that he doesn't he's not a politician uh, but what's happening is that we're going to find out that he's a really smart guy because uh, I, I watched our Secretary of State when he started to talk to the media after the uh, 
the Tomahawk missile attack in Syria on the on the airbase. And I'm telling you, that's the best Secretary of State that I've seen since James Baker and George Schultz. And everything in between, including Colin Powell and Condi Rice and, and of course, Hillary Clinton. But I, I believe that, that Mr. Tillerson is the secret weapon for Donald Trump on the foreign nations. I think he will be a, he's already a, a, a dynamic Secretary of State, and I think he will represent the President and the United States extremely well in the discussions that he's going to take place and look, he went to he went to Moscow. wasn't supposed to meet with Mr. Putin. Wound up doing two hours with him. So, um, and and we look at some of the other appointments that are in the cabinet who have a much lower profile than 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 uh, Tillerson. They're they're starting to do some very amazing things too. So, um, you know, he he may have some shortcomings, but he knows how to pick people, and he picked people who who were successful. And if they're successful, that experience has to spill over into their running of their various agencies in the government. Uh, could I jump in here? Yeah. Um, the uh, comparison and contrast between Trump and Obama. Um, Obama is a lecturer. Uh, Trump is a learner. The thing about Donald Trump is he learns from other people. The thing about uh, uh, President Ob uh, Obama was the fact that he lectured people. He was always the smartest guy in the room. Absolutely, no matter what the room was. But uh, Trump understands. He doesn't know everything, and he learns from other people. Uh, it's backing up your point. Well, as we wrap huh? up, as we wrap up here, let's start with uh, Dan. Bring us an update on the uh, on 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 the nonprofit and everything else that uh, that you've got. Well, thank you, first of all, Jim, for your your support for running the, the PSA. It yes. has been an absolutely unbelievable week. I recorded the PSA, I think, on Monday and started to reach out to people like Jim, who have been on their shows for a couple of, couple of years, and I asked him if they would run the PSA for me. And virtually everybody so far, Jim, has said yes. In fact, right now as of this morning i have 501 stations across the country wow who, who are running and i still have a lot of people that i got to talk to that uh, i haven't talked to yet and you know i think there's a possibility that we could get to 750 uh, maybe a thousand stations and and if we i don't know if you have a chance to listen to it or not jim but i think it's not because i did it i think if the story is really strong um we're we're creating this as I think we've talked before this women's program within songs and stories to deal with the suicide rate and other things that are going on in women's and we've titled this week we've titled that program and it's called Women Heroes because those women are ever much a hero as any man who came home from the war and so our women's hero project is how we're going to position uh, a portion of our our resources uh, in songs and stories. We're still going to work with the guys, but we're going to try and help the women too. Fantastic. Well, uh, Don, I understand that you won uh, you won an award recently. Uh, well, yes, the Independent Press Award for best uh, uh, in uh, 19, uh, 2016, the best business uh, 
uh, book of the year. We ju we just got word yesterday. We won it. Um, uh, it's exciting news. You know, as you know, we had over a hundred contributors, and uh, so it paid off. It's the International Press uh, Independent Press Award for best. Uh, uh, business book, small business book. So we're really happy, and I'll start stop with that point because that's enough. <laughs> well, uh, well, well, Doctor Jack. Uh, before we let you go, I know that you've got the book out there, and you're going on a, a, a lot of speaking engagements. Uh, fill us in on everything, my friend. Yeah. Well, great. Well, first, look. Congratulations to to Dan and Don on their accomplishments. They are they're really noteworthy. Uh, James, later this month, after I return from Geneva, I turn around and go back to Oxford. I'll be chairing, actually, an international cyber conference in Oxford at the end of the month. And then, as you said, I, uh, you know, keep, uh, uh, you know, try to keep the book current, The, the Age of Hatred, which is on uh, Amazon, of course. Uh, we've had some great success and comments on that. So the, uh, you know, the summer hopefully will provide all of us a, a bit of a break, but, you know, it sounds like everybody's got some interesting activities underway already. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, Doctor, I appreciate you joining us today, and uh, Dan and Don, thanks for being with us as well, and uh, we will talk to everybody next You're week. You're welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. You bet. Take Thanks, care. Guys. Appreciate it. That, of course, uh, Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella, and, of course, the fantastic. Dr. Jack Caravelli. What the hell was that? Did I thought I thought somebody came into the uh came in. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> it truly doesn't matter. Well, uh that wraps it up. It is replay time on the stream. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.